Welcome to Alex Anderson's Quilt Connection, dedicated to educate, inspire, and grow today's quilting community. Hi, I'm Alex Anderson, and welcome to the Quilt Connection with episode number 93. As you know, I've been on the road a whole lot in the last, oh my goodness, year. And finally, this February, I have a little bit of time off. I did some local gigs, which was fantastic because I could be in my own bed at night. And in a week, I'm going to be up in Groveland with that guild, but I'll also be at our little getaway house. So that's super great. And when I'm there, I get to get a lot of sewing done. So I'm really, really looking forward to this month. Uh, it's going to be a month of creativity as I keep my fingers crossed as I say that. I just got back from Jenny Byers. It was her last thing at um, Hilton Head. And I think it was record numbers. It, there were, well, I don't know how many people, but it's the 29th year and somebody asked Carol, her trusty assistant, why didn't you do 30 years? And she said, well, there's nothing wrong with being 29 forever. So, Ginny, thank you for letting me be a part of that. I got to do a speech uh, one of the evenings and then some what I call interactive lecture workshops. They run about two hours, and I pick a topic like uh, beautifully quilted and then working with fabric, I present a PowerPoint and then we take a little break and people come back and we ask questions. And in this sort of format, it's really wonderful because I can have maybe, you know, 70, 80 people, whatever, you know, we want, we can have in the room, unlike a sit and sew. So because of technology and what it can offer, I do believe that is how I'm going to be working from here on out. So if you see I'm going to be somewhere and it's going to be one of these interactive lectures, I suggest you check it out. It's it's a lot of fun and um, doesn't take up your whole entire day. I also was coming down with some sort of thing. I didn't know what it was. First, I thought it was allergies and um, an angel of mercy appeared. My friend um, Sue Rapp, who is a pharmacy person there, showed up at lunchtime and I looked at her and I said, Sue, I'm the guest speaker. Please help me. And um, she took me to a drugstore and got me the best over-the-counter combination a person could have. And that way I could get through the thing that night and hopefully not be too revolting. So I hope all of you had your vitamins and all that. Came home, thought I was over it not, came back when I was teaching at Thimble Creek. And then even a couple days ago, I was at Cotton Patch in Lafayette, California, celebrating their 30th year in business. And I couldn't believe it. This thing is hanging on forever. I talked to Jean Wells and she has the same thing. Let me tell you people, I have slept in the last, I'm going to say 48 hours, 12 hours each night, and even took a nap where I woke up drooling. It was just like, oh my gosh. But things are looking up today and I'm picking up my sewing room. I can't stand to sew in chaos. It's very upsetting to me. It turns to chaos in the middle of a project, but I can't stand to start in it. Figured I'd put down a quick podcast and just mention a couple things and then I can go sew. 
Um, what I want to talk about is what you need to check out in magazines. This month in Quilter's Home, they came to my house, and there's a quite a nice spread that uh, Mark did, and I really felt that it's kind of one of the better articles that's ever been done because they took pictures, Gregory Case did, photo man, and then Mark was very intuitive when he was interviewing me over the phone on what he was seeing. So you'll see that my house is really no big deal, but I do love my home. I do love my space. And when I looked at the other Quilters Home magazines and I got to get inside Judith Baker Montano's house on paper, I've been there in person, and Diana McClun's house on paper, I've been there in person, I think they do a pretty nice job. So if you don't get it, I know you can get it at Sam's Club. And um, I do know that one of the big box stores has chosen not to carry this one because there was a controversial issue in there about controversial quilts. And frankly, I thought it was a really well thought out article. So if you can't find it there, just check some other places. Mark, thank you so much for such a lovely job on this. And the whole thing about the controversial quilts kind of got me thinking about past history. I mean, I've been in this this industry for 30 years about quilts that perhaps, hmm, you know, made you stop and made you think. And and I think that this is just an intriguing subject matter because I think that quilters are thought of in one way like knitting blankets for your bed. And I think that for many of us, it's a very serious art form that really gets into our souls. And one such exhibit I want to talk about was the 9-11 exhibit. It was the held at, held at Houston, what, two months, six weeks after September 11th. And Carrie had put out there that, you know, she was going to have this special exhibit. And for myself, after 9-11, I couldn't even sit at my sewing machine. It probably took me until February or March where I could even create. I frankly just sat and did red work. I couldn't. It, it, that sort of trauma affects me opposite, whereas I know a trauma often drives quilters to their machines where they can express themselves. Well, this particular exhibit, I was at that Houston, was extremely painful to look at, extremely upsetting. In fact, in all honesty, I couldn't get through the whole thing. And I think before I knew, but I think that this was probably one of the first times where an exhibit of this magnitude was put together in such a short amount of time. And certainly these quilts could have been, you know, talked about as controversy. There was another quilt way back in the day by Jonathan Shannon that celebrated the Day of the Dead. And that's what, November 1st. And I'm sure you're all familiar with that. Jonathan's work was extraordinary. In fact, if anybody knows where he is and what he's doing, I would love it if you came and emailed me and let me know because 
He really notched up the quilt making scene a lot when he came in. He was whipping up ribbons left and right. And several of his quilts are housed in Paducah, Kentucky at the Quilt Museum, I'm pretty sure. Anyways, this one particular quilt had two dancing skeletons on it. And on the outside edge were those, were applique fabric, but like those colorful snowflakes that you will often see in Mexican restaurants that kind of like drape across like a kite, like flags. It was this incredible snowflake border. I mean, the quilt was unreal. One of the skeletons donned a little red AIDS ribbon. And so this quilt got rejected from a show because it would be too upsetting and too controversial. Another quilt that comes to mind way back in the day was the demise of Sunbonnet Sue. And somebody recently um, sent me a photograph of that. And it it's just interesting because that, that quilt was different artists, different quilters, took up a way that um, Sunbonnet Sue no longer would be. Like, she was strapped to a rocket going up into space. Um, she was tied to a railroad track. One was a boa constrictor swallowed her, and so her shape was in it. And and there was one that was really, really painful. And I, I'm not even going to say what it was. But um, I think that, you know, throughout quilting history, some of these quilts are more famous than others you know, for whatever reason. But I think that, you know, it's okay that people, you know, make these quilts. I mean, of course, it's art. And then it gets down to then does a show, does um, a store, does a magazine have a right to reject these quilts based on the fact that it's upsetting subject matter? And honestly, I think this is an interesting debate and I'm not even sure I can weigh in on one side or another at this point. And I'm not taking the chicken chicken way out. It's just, it's just an interesting thought process. But I will tell you this, people. I well, I'll tell you another little story. I was coming home from Jenny Byers gig, and I opted to take Bart home. John took me over to SFO the first morning, and if he were to come and get me, we would have been stuck in traffic forever. So I might as well just take Bart back to the East Bay. And I got sat down really was super into a book. And this gentleman, this young man, I'd say in his 30s, sat down next to me. And I don't know why he struck up a conversation with me, but he did. And he was kind of an Eddie Haskell, to tell you the truth, telling me how important he was in the world of finance and blah, blah, blah. And was I a salesperson? And you know what was I doing coming home with my suitcase and all that? And I told him I was a quilter. And I had just been to this conference as keynote speaker, and that kind of got of his attention. But Quilter, he kind of looked at me, and it's kind of like his eyes like twirled like a, like a, you know, going around like that. And then I said, well, yeah, I, oh, then of course, did I make blankets to sell? I mean, that's always the next question. You know that to be true. And then I'm not one to toot my own horn, but I, but I kind of do in a kind of backhanded way because I really want our industry to be respected and to be honored. 
and you know it's a re- it's an interest it's an industry that's thriving on all levels from you know the crafter to the artist to the fabric designer to the pattern writer to the long arm quilter to the piecer to the person who's making it for incubator quilts for the hospital for the neonatal units. I mean, we are an incredible industry and we don't knit blankets. And I'm not putting down knitting, but you know what I'm saying. Then he's starting to try and figure out, well, how could he make money in this, which just annoys me to no end. But I think it gets down to kind of the stereotype that if you're not in this industry and you don't have a clue about it, um, it's kind of like, not honored or or treasured or, you know, anything like that. And so this is just something I want to throw out there. Again, I'm not here to solve the world's problems, but I just think that it's kind of an interesting thought process. And I will tell you this, if our quilts do get into art galleries, do get into museums, and that's a whole nother thing in itself, I do think that when we get on the BART, or on the airplane, and you tell somebody what you do for a living, they don't look at you and, you know, kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm, maybe she'll make me one for 50 bucks. So you know what I'm talking about, and I just think this is just interesting commentary. But again, I want to thank Mark for, I've got the magazine right here. Oh, I think I have the wrong one. Whoops, well, it's this month's, and it, they did a beautiful beautiful, beautiful job. So thank you. Also, I just got my Quilters Newsletter magazine and um, oh my gosh, they did a thing called Reader's Choice and I can't believe it. Ricky, myself, and Carrie Bresenham were voted the most influential people in the quilting industry. Knock me over with a feather But um, hey, you guys, thank you. Um, My whole goal in quilting is to just basically spread the gospel. I love this industry. I have loved it from the moment I discovered it. And the more I know about it, kind of the less I know. But I do know one thing. I love quilters. And I think perhaps that is the very best part. And I've said this on back podcasts, but... The quilting industry is filled with fantastic people. I've really, truly never met a quilter I didn't like. And I can be anywhere in the world, walk into a room of quilters, and we come in all ages, in all sizes, in all shapes, in all colors, but you peel away that first layer of skin and you look at our hearts and our souls and we are kindred spirits. Now, there were a whole lot of other things, um, people, that were chosen. And on the next podcast, I want to talk about them. And I'm going to talk about them in a way that it's how I know them. Because a lot of these folks are my friends and, and what I've learned from them and all that. So I'm going to say adieu right now until we meet and we do get around. Do come to my website, alexandersonquilts.com. I would like to know you know, your thoughts about quilts that kind of scratch into our souls. And that said, sometimes a quilt can be incredibly meaningful and incredibly poignant, but it's stitched between the layers and only the quilt maker knows, correct? 
So thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you again at the Quilt Connection at alexandersonquilts.com. Have a great day. For more quilting information and inspiration, please visit us at alexandersonquilts.com.